if you find yourself in a situation where you're just working harder and harder as an academic physician, getting involved in more and more projects to build your CV and climb the academic ladder or just create success, well, then this episode is for you. We're going to talk about the cycle of academic doom and what it really means for you, your career, interpersonal and professional success. So stay tuned and we will be right back. Welcome to the Academic Revolution Podcast, where we are creating a movement to change the future of academic medicine forever. I'm Inga Hoffman, a Harvard-trained pediatric hematologist, oncologist, and a passionate leadership coach with over 20 years of experience in academic medicine. This is the first podcast for academic physicians that will show you how to achieve higher productivity, become an impactful leader, and create a highly successful career doing what you love without sacrificing your personal life. You and I know that the traditional system is broken, so it's time to say no to the old publish or perish mentality and say yes to lasting change. Join me as we transform academic medicine from the inside out, one physician at a time, starting right here with the Academic Revolution podcast. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Academic Revolution podcast. I'm Inga Hoffman, your host, and so excited that you are here. In today's episode, I want to uncover uh, what I call the cycle of academic doom. And well, you're probably wondering, what does that really mean? This is a concept I really discovered over the years as I found myself in this cycle and as I learned how to break out of it. So I really wholeheartedly believe this episode is going to help you a ton to understand we have things spiral out of control in academic life and, and how to really break this cycle. See, if you are like most academic physicians that I know, and certainly that was exactly me a few years ago, I found myself in this place of just working harder and harder for a number of reasons, to prove myself perhaps, that I'm worth it, that I'm worthy to be in an academic institution of high caliber and high profile, taking on more projects because I was trying to build my CV, perhaps please my mentors, or just follow the academic advice I have been giving. But so many academic physicians that I know, they are stuck in this place where there's just more and more projects that piled up on top of each other over time. And we become these professional plate spinners to try to keep all the balls up in the air. Various clinical or research projects, probably some of academic nature or administrative nature. And then there's obviously the routine work, you know, or clinical responsibility if you're a physician, as well as perhaps scientific responsibilities, whether that's in a laboratory-based environment or in a clinical research environment or even on an educational track. There's a lot of responsibilities that we already have at baseline. And especially early on in our careers, there's quickly a number of things that get added to our plate. Sometimes, you know, we get volunteered for something. I'm sure you have been in that situation. I certainly have. And often being involved in too many projects, in too many things, 
trying to work harder to make them all work just leads to more struggle, exhaustion, and decreased productivity. And this is where the cycle of academic doom uh, comes into play. And I just want to kind of illustrate how that cycle looks like. You can even draw it out on a piece of paper if you like. And I think this will really help you to unravel where pieces fall apart and then also have a counterattack to break out of the cycle of academic doom and actually get on the physician success DNA method and, and really become more successful with more ease and get stuff done. So, so many, um, just as a starting point uh, of this cycle, find ourselves that we just have increased work responsibilities because things are either brought to us, there's increasing projects that we get involved in, sometimes because we feel like we have to do those things, we don't see that there might be actually an option to opt out, say no, or we just feel like these are our responsibilities. So, so many people that I work with and colleagues and friends over the years, including myself, definitely have been in the position where we take on way more work than we really should in order to be effective and productive. As you already know, increased activity doesn't actually equal productivity or success or good output. It just means being more busy and being more exhausted. So the first step is just taking on increased workload, working more, working harder, and therefore trying to compensate through working harder and trying to work more hours for all the multiple responsibilities. The second step, when you have all these things on your plate, you become a professional plate spinner, so to speak. You have so many projects, so many responsibilities that you try to keep all the balls up in the air and hope and pray that none of those crystal balls actually drop. And that is stretched not only in your professional, but also in your personal life, of course, because I'm always here to tell you it's not just about the academic job or your work as a physician or your scientific research, whatever you're doing. It's our whole life. Chances are maybe you have a family, friends, pets, hobbies, other things. So these increased activities are often spread over the entire spectrum But more often than not, I would say that our work responsibilities often take over even our personal time. You probably realize that many times you're working after hours, long hours, weekends, nights, when other people are resting, having fun, watching a movie, you're going back to work kind of thing. So that's the spot where you are the professional plate spinner, you're trying to not drop any plates. Uh, And quite frankly, if you're juggling all those different balls, there are some balls that you're juggling that are crystal balls that if you drop them, it will have consequences, meaning the ball will shatter, something will happen. But there's a good chance that many of the balls that you're trying to juggle up in the air, they're actually out of rubber they will bounce. They would bounce back 
and they can bounce back over time. And it would be fine to drop them for a period of time. The trick is really understanding which one you need to juggle and which one you can let bounce for a little bit. So that was stage two. Stage three is basically with all this plate spinning or juggling all these different activities in your life, ultimately you're working harder and more, but you're decreasing your productivity because the more time you spread across these different projects, the less quality work you will do and the less productive you will be. Now, what does productivity mean? It actually means that you start a project, see it through to completion, and have a work product output, right? That's what you're looking for for your scholarly activities. You have to have eventually a finished product that is getting to the next stage and provides some sort of work product. Well, If you are having all these different plates you spin up in the air, chances are that you kind of just keep on spinning them, but they never get anywhere. You know, projects drag out longer than they should be. Therefore, productivity goes down, right? Manuscripts don't get published at the speed they could. Projects don't get completed at the speed they could. Grants get pushed off. And how do I know this? Because... I have been there and it's really incredible painful. So productivity goes down the more work you take on and the more and harder you try to work. It's just counterproductive. At some point, there's only so much energy you can put into things and you get a reduced return of your investment. That means reduced return for your time and your energy you put into this. So what does that lead to? Well, very practically speaking, that leads to then stage four. You, If you're a clinical or basic science or translational funded researcher or anywhere in the spectrum or on the educational spectrum, you will have, for example, decreased funding. Well, that means ultimately if you decrease your funding because you decreased your productivity and your output, That means you have to compensate or the institution makes you compensate in other ways. You have to then come up with your salary on your own, right? That means increased clinical time to compensate for the, you know, institutional loss of that other salary stream. And we're going to talk about in the future how messed up the system really is that we have to come up with our own salary like that within itself is just crazy if you think about it but a topic for another day so going from decreased research or educational support of funding now the next step is you basically the next phase is you have to increase clinical time you get pulled into other things to make up and uh, to compensate for that uh, lost funding stream and guess what you're left with The next phase is, well, because you now have to put in more clinical time, that means more service time, being on call more, uh, you have even less protected research time than before. And of course, that leads to even more decreased productivity and even more restriction or ability to actually secure funding because you're just in this downward spiral. So what do you do? You're trying to work more and work harder. It's kind of 
where we started out to overcompensate for all of these. That's how you work nights and weekends, trying to work all these things out with even more intensity to hopefully get back on track, to hopefully increase your productivity, push something through to free up more time to protect your research time or educational or administrative time, whatever might be in your role. And I'm here to tell you that for my experience, my personal experience, as well as working with many, many people, that that cycle, it just never breaks until you jump off. See, if you're trying to compensate with working even more to make up for that lost productive research time or protective time, it will be even harder to move forward because you're spinning the hamster wheel even faster and faster. It's literally like a hamster wheel. You're trying to run so fast, you just cannot get off. And the only way to break the cycle of academic doom is literally stepping off it. You have to step off the hamster wheel. You have to break through the cycle to actually break through the cycle. See, the hamster doesn't get off its wheel and stops running to nowhere and exhausting himself until the hamster actually steps off the wheel, metaphorically steeping. And you have to do the same thing. You and I have to do the same conscious, intentional step to say, this strategy is not working. That's why I call it the cycle of academic doom that spirals out of control so quickly. You have to recognize these different steps and phases that are outlined and say, okay, in any step here, you can actually break out. And I think the most productive way to step out is working on the step to not overwork and work harder to compensate for all these things. And bottom line is taking on fewer projects, saying no to all the things and being highly intentional with your time. Now, how do you actually do that? Well, see, instead of working from an increased activity perspective, like, well, I just got to work harder, I figure out more productivity tips, I will be better with my time management, and then I will figure it out somehow. That really only leads you so far. You cannot increase your output anymore with just increasing your activity. And that just means you're running on that hamster wheel faster, but you're still not getting anywhere. You have to work from a different mindset and a different perspective. We talked in the past about you have to really shift your perspective from what do I actually want to have and what do I need to do to, well, who am I? Who do I want to be and what do I want to accomplish? And every time I work either with coaching in groups or one-on-one, we often work on the very basic foundation, like in my physician scientist coaching program, we work from the start in week one on really defining, well, what is my purpose? What is my vision? And what are actually my goals that are meaningful to me? And then what is that type of person that is accomplishing these things? Who 
are there in their being, in their identity, in their values and working from that perspective. I have found that most people have very little clarity or they just want to be a successful academic physician. They want to get promoted. They want to have an 80-20 career or they want to be a clinical educator but they're not very specific on what that actually really means and looks like from them. So I help people a lot getting intense clarity on what is actually my purpose on this spinning planet. What is a vision I aspire to for the next 10, 20 years? And what are my values? And then what are the specific goals that will get me there over time? You need to be crystal clear on that because otherwise you're just chasing your tail. So the key part is really understanding what's your purpose, your vision and your goals. What are your values? And then work from there. And that is the first step to say, okay, once I have clarity on that, I'm going to step off that hamster wheel and I'm going to focus distinctively on those key activities that would get me one baby step closer to that vision. And it doesn't have to be a big step or a grandiose step. These things start with very simple actions and habits. And uh, you've heard me talk in past episodes about performance habits. We're going to talk a lot more in future episodes about those things. But you really need to gain that clarity on who do I want to be? What is my purpose, my vision, and my goals to then take better action? That is the step, the first foundational step to learn how to step off the hamster wheel to get out of that cycle of academic doom and actually pause and reflect. If you don't ever do that step to pause and reflect, you're going to be on that hamster wheel for the next 20 years. You're going to be burned out, exhausted, likely disenchanted at some point and perhaps even quitting or walking over to you know leave academia to go to a pharmaceutical job because you think on the other side things will look better and perhaps that is the right answer for you I don't know that but if you never pause to get that clarity of what you really want in life and why then you will be never able to stop off that hamster wheel. So I encourage you to pause, think about that for a moment. What is important to you? What am I actually here for? Where do I want to make a difference? And really ask those challenging questions and take the time to do so. Because if you don't take the time, then this will never change. And I really know this from personal experience because it took me some years to ask those hard questions. Well, this overworking strategy, running around like a chicken with my head cut off um, and, and trying to get all the things done wasn't an effective strategy. I had to pause and reflect and say, well, this isn't working. So what can I do differently? And I've seen this over and over work for other people. Once they had clarity on their purpose, vision, goals, they were able to step off the hamster wheel and do things in a different way. So I encourage you to really reflect on that and journal on that. And then once you have more clarity on that, ask yourself, what are the couple key steps? What are the couple key actions that would get me there over the next year? What could I do to get me one step closer? And with that clarity comes tremendous clarity 
and suddenly you don't feel like you have to say yes to all the things. It is your responsibility to have that clarity and then say no to the things that don't fit in this picture and say yes to yourself. So I hope this encouraged you today. If it did, please share this episode with another friend or colleague. We are here to create an academic revolution, not just do things a little better, a little different, but actually create lasting change. And it starts with you and with you sharing it with others. So please feel free to do so and see you on the next episode. Hey friend, before you go, I want to quickly let you know about an upcoming training that I want you to mark your calendars for. This is my famous Ditch the List Bootcamp. It's about a five-day training that runs from August 8th to August 12th with a little bonus coaching day. And this is quite a famous training for many academic physicians that people rave about because they come back over and over again. So what do you learn in this training? Well, the problem I see with most academic physicians is to learn and understand to not work from a never ending to do list, but rather work from priorities and get the right stuff done with ease. I will teach you how to break the mentality of chasing the to-do list and actually learn the tools and strategies that you need to actually get the right stuff done from the correct priorities. This is the type of training again people come back over and over for and I want you to be part of it. It starts August 8th. In order to get more information, here's what you need to do. First of all, mark your calendar, August 8th is the start day. Second, I want you to sign up for the wait list so that you will get notified about the training immediately. Go to Inga Hoffman, that is I-N-G-A-H-O-F-M-A-N-N.com forward slash ditch the list wait list. All one word, no hyphens in there. Ditch the list wait list. This one is really one you don't want to miss. I don't run this too often. It's been, I think, a year and people rave about it. So cannot wait to see you there and have a great week.